Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I have the pleasure of having Brooke Elliott, the Executive Associate Dean and Ernst & Young Professor in the G's College of Business at the University of Illinois. A little bit of background on Brooke. She most recently served as the Head of Accountancy and prior to that as the Academic Director of the Undergraduate Programs. She holds a BS in Accounting and an MBA with a focus from the Indiana Kelly School of Business. And I believe she did her PhD at the University of Washington. Today, I'm here to talk to Brooke about the Geese School of Business, and in particular, the IM, as I think we all know by now, online education and online business education is not necessarily uh, a new topic. It's been happening for many years, and certainly my alma mater, uh, UNC Keenan Flagler, had a huge role in that back in the day. But there have been a lot of exciting transformations in the online business education space. And in particular, uh, I'm really keen to talk to Brooke just about the IMBA, as well as uh, the program and how students are using it to advance and grow in their careers. Uh, so, Brooke, first off, thank you so much for joining me today. I always love starting with a warm up question just to get to know our guests a little bit better. So, my warm up sure. question for you is What's a book you've read recently or what podcast have you been listening to recently? Tell me just about how you're spending any downtime you might have to unwind or uncharge. Yeah, sure. So, I, I have very little downtime, but the book I've been reading reading recently uh actually i just finished is no rules rules so it's a the book about the culture at netflix and so it's netflix yes. and the culture of reinvention i chose that book because we've been going through a lot of organizational change with in our college in the geese college of business and also within some of my units that focus on online education it was great to just you know read about a non-academic institution and and how they went through a uh, culture change and I've tried to apply a, a lot of that to us because we're, you know, we're more like we're like a startup running within a college within an academic institution. Um, and so it requires a bit of a different mindset. I think that's a really interesting book that you picked. And I've read it myself. Erin um, Meyer, oh, uh, awesome. I really, I really enjoy her work, both in terms of yeah. this book, as well as uh, some of the books she's written in the past around culture and what that means. Yeah. I think Netflix in particular uh, is a fascinating case study in in culture and just business, I know there are plenty of cases written about Netflix yeah. and so, so right. trying to, to study them. I think the, the one thing that always stuck out to me from Netflix was when we talk about culture is that idea of radical transparency that they, they have. And it is yeah. there in, in every word of the word, meaning of the word radical, it is very radical. And um, No, it is. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, what we've talked about internally with, with our leadership team, kind of that idea around radical transparency, because so, sometimes you don't, I know it's, you don't get that particularly within an academic institution and getting people to sure. be comfortable with it uh, takes, sure. takes a, a little bit of effort, but it's been, it's a great book. Absolutely. So you tell, told us just a little bit, a little bit about G's, but we'd love to learn a little bit more about Geese and maybe also yeah. what's your role and uh, what are you focused on as the executive associate dean? Yeah, 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 sure. So Geese College of Business, we're part of the University of Illinois. We have a long history of excellence in business education, both at the undergraduate level and the graduate level. Really, over the last six years, we've transformed who we are as a college, though. We launched our IMBA program, 
in January of 2016. Uh, we started with a cohort of 116 students. Right now, we have over 4,000 students enrolled in that IMBA program. We also launched two additional online degrees in that six-year period. And so in sum, we have nearly 6,000 online students, which means we now have more online graduate students in the Geese College of Business than we do undergraduate and graduate residential combined. Who we are really has been transformed as education has been transformed. My role, so actually my role is relatively new. So I took a, a brand new role in January of 22 as Executive Associate Dean of Academic Programs. And so all academic programs in the Geese College of Business report up through um, my role. So that includes our portfolio of online degrees. Um, it also includes our undergraduate degrees, our graduate residential degrees. And then we have a unit that encompasses traditional career services, corporate partnerships, and experiential learning. And so that's my portfolio. That sounds like a lot, which is exciting. And it also sounds like you've been slightly busy over the past couple of years. I know that yeah, just this, role, this role is relatively new, but I know you've been at Geese for quite some time. Would just be curious, particularly just thinking about the graduate business education in particular, because that's what we're focused on. What was it like when you started versus where you are now? Because as you said, you've been busy. There's certainly yeah. rolled out things, but just in general, what's what's been kind of the journey been like? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I've been at Illinois in, in the College of Business since I joined in June of 2003. So we're coming upon 19 years here uh, that I've been. And, and it really just has been transformational. I mean, whenever I started, we had a portfolio of residential MBA programs, a full-time MBA, a part-time MBA, and then an executive MBA that we ran out of Chicago. We also had a portfolio of specialized master's programs that were all residential and those continue to thrive and, and do very well. You know, and if we roll forward, you know, 18, 19 years, we have no residential MBA programs. And so we suspended all three of our residential MBA programs, but we continue to invest heavily uh, in our graduate specialized master's programs. And those have, have done quite well. And then we've added that portfolio of online degrees, which includes the IMBA, which is a fully online master's of business administration. Shortly after that launch in August of 2017, we launched a fully online master's of science and accountancy, which complements two residential accountancy programs that we have. And then in the midst of the pandemic in October of 2020, we launched a fully online uh, master's of science and management. And we also have a residential master's in management. And so our portfolio has shifted significantly. The learners that we're able to serve have shifted significantly, which is something that, you know, we're really proud of as a land grant institution. Yeah, that's I, that's a lot of shifts and a lot of change. And yeah. I presume part of the reason why you're proud of that is that it sounds like then you've been able to maybe serve a much more diverse or a different population than you initially had started with. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And so, you know, the University of Illinois is one of the initial land grant institutions. And when I think about what that means, you know, we're charged with providing affordable access to high quality education for all those that desire it and are committed to pursuing it. And when you think historically about graduate business education, it's it's not inexpensive and it typically requires there's a high opportunity cost because you have to step away typically from a job, right, or your profession, you have to move to some location, right, to experience that residential education, and you give up that earnings power during that period of time. And so 
it really limits the number, the type of individuals that you're able to serve. And whenever we made the shift into the online space, we made a purposeful decision. You know, we wanted to these programs to be a shining example of us delivering on that land grant mission. And so we launched the IMBA at under $22,000, which it was very disruptive. It continues to be disruptive now, but at the time in January, 2016, it was extremely disruptive because it was a third of the price um, of many residential MBA programs and even some of the early online MBA programs. And whenever you offer a program that's affordable um, and accessible, but also has a tremendous amount of flexibility, which the IMBA does, it's fully online. You can start every eight-week term. You don't have to enroll in consecutive terms. You can continue to work as a full-time professional. When you do that, you attract a subset of learners who would like to pursue graduate business education, but just didn't have the opportunity for any one of those reasons. And so it's really cool to see who you can serve when you break down those traditional barriers to graduate business education. I, I'm glad you started talking about that because my next question was going to have him be to talk about the IMBA and the value proposition and who it attracts. But maybe the best way to ask this question is, could you give me a couple examples recently of either students you've encountered who have enrolled or maybe who have gone through the program, just so our listeners can just get a good sense of the types of people that you're able to serve through the IMBA. Yeah. So some of the students that we serve look like your prototypical MBA student, right? And so anywhere between, depending on what eight-week term it is, any between, where between a quarter and a third of the students come from Fortune 1000 companies, you know, they're executives, they're managers. And so some of our population looks similar, but the difference is they don't want to step away from their profession, right? And so they're pursuing the online MBA degree because of the tremendous amount of flexibility. When I talk about who we serve that's different, though, I mean, we have active duty military members. We had an, an individual in the program. He's a very recent alum. He's a submariner. We have entrepreneurs. We have those that were on Broadway. We have a student that was in the Cirque du Soleil show. And so and those individuals they would have never had an opportunity to pursue a graduate business degree and definitely not a graduate business degree from a high quality institution like the University of Illinois if we didn't combine both affordability and flexibility. Uh, because the return on investment, you know, for example, for an entrepreneur isn't there, right? I mean, you don't have the ability to step away from what you're doing and you probably don't have the funds to invest, you know, $100,000 to $120,000. Um, in an education. But, you know, when it's under $23,000, then all of a sudden, you know, the value prop is aligned. The, that definitely seems uh, appealing to me and interesting to me, particularly as you mentioned, you start because of being able to offer flexibility uh, to drop the price point, but also to, in some cases, make it location agnostic. You, uh, in business parlance, you open up your total addressable market. But yeah. what also is interesting to me is that I also think it, if we're using the, the Clayton Christensen framework of jobs to be done, the, the people who sign up all have different jobs to be done for why they're signing up and enrolling. So well, the question I wanted to ask you is, um, as you think about um, why students are coming into the program, would just be curious to get a sense of how many students are coming because their job to be done is they are trying to pivot into a new career versus maybe just advancing within their existing organization versus perhaps yeah. trying to be an entrepreneur to build a business. What's what's the sense like for that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, 
I'm not, so this is all anecdotal, right? So I don't have specific percentages, but I feel like it's pretty balanced. I mean, we, we survey our students all the time. We collect a a lot of information and what we find is that 54% of our students either move to a new position, a, a new job. So switch organizations or move up within their current organization during the program. Um, and so we do see a tremendous amount of mobility, either mobility right across industries or across enterprises or mobility within a given organization. We also find that the average pay raise during the program is around 20%. And so, you know, they're being rewarded during the program for the investments that they're making in themselves through education. And, and that's something that I find to be really outstanding and it's something that that we promote right it's it's not something that happens at the end of the program right once you complete the MBA degree but we see it happening for our students about halfway through the program and so you know not only is it extremely affordable but then they're seeing an immediate return on that investment which is which is really awesome and when i think about you know you ask about the kind of the different reasons and and the different backgrounds. I think, you know, sometimes it is about pivoting or it's about mobility within an organization. Sometimes I think for entrepreneurs, it's about building a skill set, right? So they can be more successful. Um, for some of our active duty military, it's because they want to pivot to a different career once they finish, right, that term of service. And so there are a lot of different reasons, but I I do believe that most all of our students are looking for either that pivot, right, or that mobility from a career perspective. And when you talk to students, particularly alum, yeah. what's the feedback you you get from them? What are the types of things they tell you about the experience? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, they tend to love it. Um, we have very, very happy alums. They, they talk about a couple of things. They all talk about the return on investment. Many of the students, so some of the students in our program, they would not be in it if it were a higher price, right? So they're attracted because of the affordability and the flexibility. There all are, are a subset of students, though, who could afford to pay to go to an MBA program anywhere and would, are qualified and would be admitted almost anywhere. But they really value that return on investment. Um, and they think about, you know, if I can spend 23000 and get an MBA from the Geeks College of Business or just 100000 somewhere else, like the, the value prop, it, you know, is just is just not quite there. And so most of them talk about the return on investment. The other thing they talk about is the network. And our network is just tremendous. And, you know, we've grown exponentially over a six-year period. And so the network is growing exponentially. And one thing that they really call out is the diversity of our network. And, and you know, it's diverse in terms of gender, in terms of ethnicity, in terms of race, but it's also way more diverse than a traditional MBA program in terms of experiences. Because again, because of the features of our program, we attract individuals who would have never been in a graduate business program. And so now you are working with active duty military entrepreneurs. We've had, you know, farmers in our, in our program. So they bring, the network is so rich in terms of experiences. And then the other thing that they really call out in terms of the program, when I think, when you think about a traditional MBA program, you do have individuals that come from diverse backgrounds, right? But individuals come and they converge in a common location and have a common educational experience. In our program, the students have a common educational experience in very diverse locations, right? So you're part of a group and one group member may wake up and work every day in Chicago, Illinois, and the other group member may wake up and work every day in Dubai, right? And 
what they can bring in terms of experiences and stories, even if they work within the same industry, the experience is so different, right? And we bring that, our students bring that into the classroom uh, and into the opportunities that we provide for students to engage outside of the classroom. So this is, to me, really interesting because it, it almost feels like a, a live case study of uh, an organization or company and building pro uh, building a product. And, and so a couple of things that kind of come to mind. So the first thing is, is uh, figuring out your unique competitive advantage and turning it into a really great value prop. So as you mentioned, one of the things that was unique about what you're able to do, because you do appeal to so many people, that helps you bring in a very diverse group of people. But that is also yeah. the thing that helps build this other flywheel to better add value to yeah. the existing students. But also, it, it also has this this flywheel where it actually is the thing that also helps you attract even more yeah. students. I, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. And I, I won't say that like we were, you know, that from the beginning, that's exactly what we envisioned. Sure. Because yeah. we, we weren't sure who we would attract and how it would play out. But the way it has played out, it's, you know, it's it's so powerful. And it's 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 my favorite. Like, I love it. Right. It's so fun to see. Yeah. what you can do when you think about business education differently. So in, in the business education world, there's a number of different key yeah. constituents and stakeholders, prospective students, students being one of them. But the other side of that certainly are employers and would love to yeah. know what kind of feedback you get from employers, either from the lens of coming to you uh, to recruit these, these students of the IMBA, or in some cases, being a partner that potentially could be sending students your way. Yeah. Yeah, so we and we interact with corporate partners in both of those ways, right? And there's been a tremendous positive response. And and I will say, like early on, there was skepticism, right? When we launched the IMBA in 2016 and we suspended the residential programs, there were there was skepticism from our existing corporate partners, from our alums about, you know, how can you deliver the same quality graduate business degree, the same quality MBA that you delivered residentially online? And, you know, would the students be of the same quality? Would the learning outcomes be, be the same? And would they be as prepared uh, to enter the workforce and contribute in the way that GIS alums always had? But, you know, I think it's just over time, we've proven that to be true. And it's because of the caliber of the students we're able to attract. It's because of the positions that they hold and the impact that they have. And we really invest in promoting out, you know, our student stories so that everyone can see that the type of individual that we bring in and what outstanding contributors to society and, and alums, alums that they can be. So it's just been, it's been, it's been really awesome. From the other, like the other side, we do have strong corporate partnerships. And, you know, we have large numbers of individuals from specific enterprises that often will pursue the degree together, which is really amazing. There are very strong tuition reimbursement programs. And with our program, in as most many tuition reimbursement programs will fully cover the cost of the MBA, which is kind of unheard of. And so from that perspective, it's great. The other thing where we made a pivot kind of halfway through thinking about keeping the employers in mind and, and also our students in mind, students wanted to be able to credibly signal to their employers the skills that they were learning as they progress through the program. Um, and so now we have partnered with Accredible. And as students complete the specializations in our program, we generate a certificate and it's a digital badge. They can post it out on LinkedIn. They could talk about the skills that they've earned and they can share that back with employers. And that's been a huge success. Uh, from a student perspective, and then being able to just demonstrate what they're learning, but also from an employer perspective, 
right? So they can see the value of the investment that they're making in that employee's education. I, I think that's super interesting and it makes a ton of sense and plays off a couple really, I think, important trends that are going on right now. Just we, we thinking about jobs, the future of work and careers. I think the first thing is, is this idea behind uh, just-in-time learning and the ability to take something and apply it to what you're doing. The second is the signaling and credentialing piece. So how do you how do other people know that you know a thing or that you're able to do a thing? And I think that's where the credentialing you know, piece comes into yep. play. The third is just employers needing and wanting, in some cases, to take more responsibility for driving professional development and learning uh, for their employees. And so being able to offer something at a price point that can tuck in nicely into a L&D or professional development budget, but still also generate a strong ROI, that's another, another really good, 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 good piece in there. And so uh, to me, what's interesting to me about this, putting on my hat of just thinking about learning and careers in general, is that uh, there seems to be a strong resonance between the, the value prop of what you offer and the key things that human capital and learning and development leaders really want yeah. and need to prepare their, their employees for navigating the, the, the workplace. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. So I, I would love for you to maybe put this in context and I can appreciate this ha having a little bit of knowledge just in terms of what how business schools work, but also having a background in organizational transformation. Talk to me a little bit about the transformation that has had to go on in the program over the past, you know, six to seven years, you know, like you said, with launching the IMBA and some of these other programs of the years, these are things that you hadn't done before. Right. And so this whole idea of behind, like, you know, you, if you're going to do things differently, that means you have to kind of change and transform. So talk about what it's actually taken maybe to actually move from where you were to, to where you are now. Yeah. It, it's taken a lot, a lot of investments and I'll, I'll, talk about in different ways. So I think one from a faculty perspective. And so you have to get like, we had to get our faculty to think in a different way. We've made a commitment from the very beginning to put our very best faculty in these programs. So it's the same faculty that taught in our residential and our executive programs are also teaching in our online programs. And that was a commitment we made to our future students and to our alums. But, you know, getting faculty to do things differently is actually quite hard. All right. So we had to convince faculty members, you know, we want you to take, think about the course that you've traditionally developed in a residential setting to maybe 50 students, completely rethink that course. We want you to enter into a studio and create a series of MOOCs that will put on the Coursera platform, open access, all right, to try to drive interest in Illinois and continue to build our reputation. Then we want you to step into a classroom with a team in a studio. It's really, it's like, I call it a classroom, but into a studio uh, with a support team and deliver via Zoom to an increasing number of students, you know, over time. And it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit scary. And so, you know, I think the first thing that we had to do was really get our faculty on board. And we made a lot of investments early on, which I think are critical. We built out studios. Uh, within the College of Business. So now we have four fully functioning studios. We built out our own teaching and learning team internally. So we have an outstanding, talented team. We have 45 FTEs, which is a little bit um, unheard of. And it ranges from instructional designers to videographers to digital media experts so that our faculty felt comfortable that we had staff that knew them and supported them. And so that was one thing that, you know, we really transformed who we were from 
a skill set perspective and just made big investments from an infrastructure perspective. You know, and so now we have that same faculty member that used to teach in the residential MBA program to 50 students. Now they teach to 1,200 students in a single session with a support team that includes an associate instructor, a head TA, anywhere from 30 to 60 course assistants. And at any, in a one live session, you typically have eight different staff members facilitating that session. And so it's, it's, it's transformational in the way that we delivered education. I think the faculty investment is one. Really getting broad university buy-in was another. You know, again, even at, I think at the university level early on, the perception was that online education was of lower quality than residential education. I mean, we didn't believe that had to be the case. And we made the investments up front, again, putting our best faculty in there, making investments in infrastructure, making investments in technology. But it took a lot in terms of having conversations across campus and our leaders in the college business having conversations with campus leaders um, about what we could do. And I think people were very skeptical how successful we would be. But we've shown, uh, again, just through the tremendous growth and really it comes in the tremendous quality of the alums um, that come out of our programs. And now there's there's quite a bit of buy-in. It also just within an academic institution, you know, academic institutions are pretty bureaucratic in nature and we needed to operate like a startup. And, you know, when we started, you know, we had, I think, one and a half FTEs on the online program administration team. And we had, I think, maybe three and a half employees on that teaching and learning team. And now We've grown uh, across the two to have nearly 70 FTEs. And so we've grown tremendously. You have to work in a different way. When you have online students, it's 24-7. We have learners all over the world, right? We run live sessions early in the morning. We run live sessions late at night. We respond to student concerns when they have the concerns, which is typically outside of normal business hours. And so, you know, you have to develop a different type of model. We've leveraged AI. We've built out our own chatbots and it, it just requires a different way to work. And so, you know, we've attracted, I think, a different type of staff member, but still trying to run, trying to run a startup within an academic institution is a very difficult job. It's fun, right? It's challenging, but it just takes a lot of persistence and sometimes a little bit of creativity about how to navigate the system. So be because you are so forward thinking and, and so innovative, I want you to put on your futurist hat for a second. As we think about just graduate business education in general, and we think about just all the changes that are going on in the workplace, I just would be curious to know, what do you think are some things that graduate business education needs to pay attention to in order to continue to really meet the needs of, of learners uh, in today's workforce? Yeah, I think, I think we have to think beyond the degree. And so, you know, the degree is still, the degree is very valued, right? But the degree is only the most valued credential because the marketplace says it is, right? And the marketplace could very easily say that some other credential is more valued. And I think you're starting to see it. Like you're starting to see that the market values other credentials and that employers value other credentials, right? Many of the tech firms will hire uh, a new employee with no bachelor's degree. And now actually some of the large accounting firms, I'm an accounting academic by trade, some of the large accounting firms in uh, international locations, again, will hire without a bachelor's degree. And so I mean, there are some really strong market signals, you know, that that degrees aren't as valued as maybe they once were. I still believe they have a preeminent place in education, right? And we are going to continue to invest in developing and delivering high quality undergraduate and graduate degrees. Um, but I think if 
as a business school, you only think about degrees, I think you're going to be left behind. Um, and so, you know, we have been really, when we launched the IBA program, we partnered with Coursera and we developed a model of a, of a stackable degree in that each one of our courses has a MOOC-based component and then a high engagement component, where the high engagement component would be what you would traditionally engage in from an assessment perspective if you were engaged in one of our, enrolled in one of our residential programs. But you can stack, though, if you complete the MOOC, then you can stack that into the credit-bearing course. And we've now created a strategy where we have a series of educational offerings that are stackable. So you can stack the MOOC into a credit-bearing course. You can take one credit-bearing course out of any one of our degrees. You can stack that into one of our degrees. We just launched something called Campus Graduate Certificates. And the Campus Grad Certificates, they either stand alone. So as an example, we have one in Business Analytics. And so if you want to if you don't, if you're not ready to pursue a degree, if you don't want to pursue a degree, but you want to earn a credit-bearing credential from the University of Illinois and you want to upskill, you can invest and you can walk away with a 12-credit-hour you know, credit hour certificate from the University of Illinois. If you decide two years later, hey, I, I would like to pursue a degree, you can stack that fully in to, to one of our degrees. And so I think you know, providing stackable credentials, ensuring that a learner knows if they make an investment and at some point in time, they want to exercise the option to deepen their learning or further their educational journey that you're going to provide them that opportunity. I think that is what is key. The other piece as well, I think academic institutions are going to have to start to think about partnerships outside of other academic institutions. We've been pretty good historically at partnering across academic institutions, but we haven't been that great as academic institutions at, at partnering with for-profit institutions. So our partnership with Coursera is one example of how we've partnered outside of an academic institution really to expand access. And then in the credential and skills-based space, we recently partnered with Grow with Google. And so we're partnered with Grow with Google around their four career certificates. And we've developed a complementary certificate, which goes beyond the technical skills and helps those individuals, those learners, build some really based business skills that are going to help them as they take that, that first-time job out of that Google certificate. And so I think just thinking about partnerships and education and the learners that you serve in a different way is going to be key. Those are really exciting bits and I think it makes, makes a ton of sense and it certainly has me excited. Maybe just to wrap up here, Brooks, last question for you. What are you excited about for the, the geese I am here? What's a, what can we expect in the roadmap or what are you excited about for the future of that? Yeah, yeah. So I think I think a couple of things. Part of it goes back to the stackability idea, and so you know we're going to continue to build different pathways into the IMBA, um, and pathways from if you've taken a single course or you take a certificate, you step away, you come back. I think that it is critical. We've started to lay out different pathways uh, from an admissions perspective, and so we've broken down a lot of the traditional barriers uh, to education. We don't require a GMAT. You know, we don't overweight undergraduate GPA because it may be something that you earned 15 years ago when you had very different priorities. But we've started to develop some different performance pathways that, you know, if if from a, you know, if on paper you don't look like you'd be qualified, but you're but you enroll in our courses and you show that you can complete them, you know, in in a quality way and engage in the way that we would expect one of our students, then it's another pathway into our degree. And so we're going to continue to expand those pathways so that we can expand access to, to high quality business education. We're gonna continue to invest from a content perspective, ensuring that we have really you know, 
content that makes our learners career ready, that they can learn something today and take it back to their organization today or tomorrow, right? And make an immediate impact. And I feel like we've always done that, but we're now having conversations um, around new topic areas. And so we're building out a blockchain course or bringing in a design thinking course. And so just really thinking more holistically about what skills uh, do managers need, do entrepreneurs need, thinking about our very diverse set of learners. And then I think the other thing we're thinking about is creating really a lifelong learning path. And so let's say you complete the IMBA, you know, we're not, the pace of change is so rapid. It's not as if you can complete a graduate business degree and then never learn again, right? Your skills are going to become outdated. And so we're creating an ecosystem where our alums can come back and upskill via one of these credentials or via something that's non-credit bearing. And so we want to ensure that we serve our learners throughout their life and throughout their career journey. I think that is a lot to be excited about. Uh, Brooke Elliott, uh, yep. the um, Executive Associate Dean and EY Professor at the Geese College of Business. Thank you so much for joining me today and for talking about uh, graduate business education, the IMBA. Uh, if people want to learn more about you or want to learn more about Geese, where can they go? Yeah, so they can go to mba.illinois.edu. And so we have a tremendous amount of information and I encourage you to come and check it out. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.